Well, I'm running down the road with Paul Bearer in tow. I got 15 titles on my mind. Seven world ones, one hardcore, and seven tags with four different guys. I take a easy, take a easy. Don't let the sound of gongs and bells drive you crazy. Lights up when I raise my hands. Don't even try to understand the supernatural dead man. So take a reason. Well, I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California. Such a bright fire I see. It's my house, my Lord, burned to the floor. Lost my parents, brother, everything. Come on, Kane, please don't blame me. Paul Bearer took me in as his and tried to train me. Rarely lose, I usually win. I never thought I'd see you again. You opened up the cell and climbed in so freaking easy. Running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me big evil, not booger red But do call me American Take a easy, take a easy Don't let the sound of limpets get Drive you crazy Come on, fancy Coming back, it's the dead man So take her easy Wanna take her easy Wanna take her of the night welcome to episode 211 of talking taker our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time the undertaker i want to thank all of you our pod street crew out there for joining us for yet another round of dead man talking my name is alex dorio and i am one of your creatures of the night and i am joined as always by my tag team partner my wrestling buddy my fellow creature of the night you know he is uh he's hurt he's tired and uh he's sick of working with all these kids backstage he's he's mr travis white and uh you know i i say that because uh you know we're, we're talking about cm punk tonight cm punk in his better days of uh of oh, i should be eating muffin <laughs> I, I thought you might be yeah <laughs> get some apple cider vinegar 
<laughs> tablets my wife has. Gross. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Travis, we're here. We're talking WrestleMania 29. It is the 10-year anniversary of The Undertaker Golly. and CM Punk at WrestleMania 29. I know time has flown by. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you about it, but I'm excited as well because we got a fellow member of the Pod Street crew here along with yeah, us buddy. today. Uh, he's in the three-timers club now, uh, joining us for the third Ooh, time on the podcast Yeah, in rare air up here. Uh, he's a friend of ours. He is uh, at Watch Along Wrestling. Tommy on the spot. Watch Along Tommy, the man of many names. Uh, true story, Tommy. Uh, we're sending out Christmas cards this year. And I said, oh, you know, I'd like to send out a, 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 my wife's, you know, doing all the address and everything. I said, I want to send a card out to Tommy, you know. Um, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, what's his last name? And I said, actually, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's in my phone as Tommy on the spot. So uh, <laughs> let me do some research. Here. It's, uh, I, I, had, I had a friend who uh, my, my buddy Steve, who, who does my YouTube with me. And uh, we, we made a joke once. I said, you know, my, my obviously my last name is quite Irish. And he said. On the spot is an Irish last name, <laughs> so uh, it's uh, become a deal. But yes, uh, that that was great. It's great to be back here. The the start of the WrestleMania. I've even got the WrestleMania shirt on from last year's Mania, and uh, excited to be with you and all of the PSK. Uh, this is this will be fun. This will be great to kind of look back here. Ten years, unbelievable WrestleMania twenty nine. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I know this is definitely one of me and Travis's favorite matches of the streak. It is the final. Mm-hmm. match of the streak you know yeah. the very next year the streak is broken uh which you were there for tommy and uh i know you're actually cheering for brock uh, to win that match famously yeah. but uh man uh both you guys just just what like what comes to mind when we say undertaker cm punk mania 29 if you could sum it up just in a couple sentences what are your memories like what's uh what's the highlight uh, of this match why is it hold such a special place go ahead tommy so I think I think for me, I mean, thank goodness the match is on the show uh, because I think without this match, I'd say the show is probably going to be remembered as one of the worst WrestleManias. Uh, the booking on the show is very very weird, um, but this match, I mean, leaps and bounds the best match on the show. And it was one of the one of those going into it where I really thought they would give CM Punk the win here and he'd actually be able to break the streak because everyone knew how unhappy he was about having to drop the title to The Rock, to go into twice in a lifetime, being left out of that. So I really thought they are going to make good and give CM Punk the match. And uh, I going in, I'll be honest, I really was worried that Undertaker, you know, at some point I figured Undertaker's going to be losing a step. That certainly was not the case this year. That's right. Yeah, I remember um, being a little frustrated as a fan of CM Punk uh, at the time, just him not being able to main event. You know, I uh, thought he deserved it the year before, him and Daniel Bryan, uh, Probably, well, no, him and Jericho. Him I mean, Jericho. the year after this, I thought it should have been him, him and DB. But this year, you know, I understand the marketing stuff for The Rock and Cena. But, you know, as a young fan, I wanted to, to be CM Punk. But I was happy with this match because uh, it went from having no story to having a story. Uh, real life happened. And then, yeah, they stole the show, like, incredibly. Like, nobody could hold a candle to what happened that night because they're two amazing performers. So. Yeah, I like that both of you guys kind of brought that up. It's not just there. There is a very emotional, 
big time storyline between these guys that bubbled up because of the loss of Paul Bearer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, timely. We we just covered the life and times yeah. of Paul Bearer last month. That kind of bleeds perfectly into covering this match. But there's a lot of just storylines going on with both of these guys' careers going into this match. You know, Taker's sitting at twenty and zero at WrestleMania. He's he's getting up there. The questions are arising, like. Has he lost a step? Can he still go? Right. Can he go with somebody younger than him, like CM Punk? You know, him and Triple H in Hell in a Cell, you can do all the smoke and mirrors and everything, but can he just go in there one-on-one in a wrestling match and still pull off a great match with a guy like right. CM Punk? And then Punk, he's got so much to prove because despite having this, uh, you know, the longest title reign of the modern era up to that point, you know, uh, Roman Reigns has surpassed that, you know, uh, here in the modern day. But at that point, his 400-something title uh, day title reign was huge. 34, I think. Yeah, I mean, that was huge. Uh, yeah. And But he still never got that WrestleMania main event. He still never got that respect. He still had a chip on his shoulder, something to prove in this match as well. And I think all of those factors coming together is like this perfect storm to make this, you know, such an incredible, such a memorable match. Uh, it is a match. Uh, you and I, Travis, we held it in very high esteem, Mm -hmm. uh, when we ranked our top 20 undertaker matches of all time. Uh, we had this, I had it at number 11 in my top 20. You had it at number six, all time undertaker matches. And, uh, we also ranked. Yeah, I love it. You do. Yeah. (laughs) We ranked the entrance, uh, Undertaker's entrance here very highly as well, because we did a special episode on the top 10 Undertaker entrances of all time last year. You had it had as, as his number 10 entrance of all time, and I had it as his number three entrance of all time. So we'll Dang. talk about that. We'll cover the entrance yeah. uh, when we get to the match here as well. Um, you know, We're going to do it watch-along style. Uh, we'll give you the timestamp to watch this match along with us. And Tommy... You were not there. You've been to so many incredible shows. We call you the Forrest Gump of wrestling fans yeah. <laughs> before because you have so many incredible stories. And But you do have an incredible story about this WrestleMania yeah. weekend uh, involving The Undertaker. Uh, so we're going to share that before we get into the match as well. That's why we have invited you here on the show. Sounds good. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, CM Punk's entrance on this show is also pretty pretty great. I think it's his greatest entrance sure is. with uh, Living Color playing him live oh, out so good there's a moment or two where he's walking out there and i'm like this was his peak like as a performer i think in wwe like he's just incredible here i think you could argue that absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about all that we'll hit all the highlights we'll share our memories and we will relive this match that I know we haven't watched in a long time but we are looking forward to watching to here on its 10th anniversary but before we get into that you know we got our monthly Undertaker sightings and boy oh boy was he everywhere in the the past few weeks the only podcast he wasn't on is ours uh, it seems like (laughs) Devoted to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, do you want to talk uh, podcasts and YouTube shows, or you want to talk his A uh, and E appearances, Travis? What, what should we lead off with? Let's go podcast. All right. A and E. Well, I, I'll just be honest with you, man. He was so many places. I didn't even have a chance to I didn't, watch or listen to everything. Yeah, me neither. I was really looking forward to the BT Sport one with Ariel Hawani. Uh, Hawani recorded that. I think it was backstage at Rumble or right before Rumble. Maybe not after or something, or no, it was, uh, yeah, because it was um, after Raw 30 was the, the Monday before Rumble, right? Yes. Yeah, it was right, it was after Raw 30, I think, before Rumble, right in between there. So um, it was, and Arrow Hawani's been kind of pimping it out, you know, saying he's going to 
have this interview. It's like his, his, uh, you know, his, I guess the, the interview of all interviews for him. So I was really looking forward to that. And it was a very good interview. And the one thing I like about Hawani a lot is that he is such a fan. He doesn't ask the same questions that everybody asks. He'll ask other questions or stuff that's that fans know or fans want to know. He doesn't just ask the normal things like, you know, if you go on a, a, a CBS talk show or something. So it was very good. Um, there were some good high points, and I don't want to spoil everything for everybody, but it was, it was just really, really good. And he talks about the Bray Wyatt experience, you know, him and Bray at, at Raw 30. And, of course, he can't get Taker to spill the beans. But uh, they just talk about, you know, was Taker comfortable um, retiring and, like, the way he retired? And he's like, yeah. And he, and he says, um, you know, we just saw you at Raw 30 as, like, the, the, the American BA. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's who I am. The dead man is dead. He's like, yeah. I won't come back in the trench coat and the hat like that died at some at survivor series 2020. So, um, it was, you know, once I came out of my shell and did my Ted talk, basically <laughs> at, at hall of fame right. last year, I put the, that, that to rest is I just can't, I can't go back. You can't put the rabbit back in the hat, you know? So, and I, and that's kind of what we thought. So you're, you're, you're done with that. I won't, I won't bring the hat and go back out. No. Never. And, and not a one-off of WrestleMania. Why do you feel that way again? Because again, I like so when I did when I went to the American Badass earlier, there was a there was kind of a uh, kind of an event that happened. I went away, you know, I was injured, and then I came back, and then I, I had that new presentation, and then the same thing when I went away again, which was something really big that kind of put me back into that under that you know old school Undertaker kind of mindset. Um, Again, with me now that I'm, you know, people know that you know I can talk and that I have, you know, actual thoughts that aren't <laughs> revolved around, you know, digging holes and taking souls. I think you know that character will will live forever in our memory, but I don't think that I can I can bring it back, you know, after you know after the last ride, after the any biography, after doing all these shows. I just like it works. Owen is a good interviewer, dude. I like it. And he was on Chris Van Vliet. I've come to really like Chris Van Vliet's uh, interviews, too. Um, he has some good ones. Those are very short ones. But, yeah, he does a good uh, – Van Vliet asks normal questions. But, uh, but yeah, those two I would definitely recommend. He's all over other ones, too, but those two are very good. Yeah, I'd say Helwani's one of my favorites out there, too. And I yes. love – Helwani's, like, blew up because of The Undertaker being – like ringside for that UFC fight of Brock. They Lesnar. talk about that, yeah. <laughs> talk about it, yeah. And now, and Helwani says, like to this day, people will even go over to him and be like, "You want to go?" Which is what <laughs> exactly. like a really weird moment. And it yeah. just so happened, Ariel Hel- Hel- Helwani just happened to be walking around and got that like huge moment there. Uh, so I thought that was really cool, and I love that. Like clearly, I remember from when uh, Alex went to his uh, one man, one one dead man dead show. Man, yeah. Uh, uh, and said that like Undertaker is still a little uneasy about talking about this streak, but they, you know, Ariel got him to really open up about it. And uh, I, I, I mean, not to spoil too much, but I like what he said about you know that that no, he didn't really think it was the right time to end it, nor nor did he, he thought the right time would have been for Roman to to be the one to end it. Yeah, a very good interview. Definitely check it out if you're an Undertaker fan, if you're a listener of this show. Yeah, uh, another one of those clips that went viral uh, or was getting spread around a lot was him talking about his Mount Rushmore of wrestling and kind of having a little hesitation to put Hulk Hogan on there, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't quite go into that. Uh, 
But he's man, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> let me backtrack a little bit, though. You know, you brought up Travis the Bray Wyatt stuff at, at Raw Thirty. Tommy, you were at Raw Thirty. I mean, was. give us a quick recap of being there uh, uh, in the arena for that moment. I mean, what was your experience like seeing that live? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was awesome. It was uh, one of these deals. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's no secret. I've been pretty open about the idea that I've been uh, dealing with Bell's palsy. Um, so my buddy who's really been helpful to me a lot because he's got Bell's palsy, uh, I was getting ready to start a new job the next week. And he was like, Hey, isn't Raw 30 in Philly? Why don't we just go? And we had a great day out there. We went and, uh, I went into, I went into that Raw and I went to the Raw a couple weeks later in Brooklyn, both with very low expectations. And I'm thrilled I went both, both were great shows. Good shows. Yeah. Yeah, Raw, Raw 30 in particular was like. It was awesome being there. They they use the legends so well, and uh, Undertaker got two of the huge. Well, he got three of the huge pops because he had the dong go off, and everyone went nuts thinking it was Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Then he had freaking badass go off. Everyone was going crazy for that. Then he was delayed getting out with the motorcycle. So once he got out with the motorcycle, it was like, oh, he really is here. <laughs> I thought that was uh, I thought that was great, and uh, it was one of these things too, where like my friend is definitely kind of a. Uh, He's a little, I don't even know how to explain his personality, but it's more like he's always kind of looking at the negatives about things. He's, he's not one of those types of people who's going to play along, so to speak. And, and But that show, he was throwing up his ones. He was, uh, you know, nice. all his, Undertaker came out. He was like, all right, it's pretty cool. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty well done. And uh, and then later on in the show, too, I loved the, the bit where uh, Kurt Angle walks out with DX. And I was like, is that Kurt Angle? That like, was on and I was like, Who is that? what is Kurt doing? And then, and then they actually eventually revealed that he was there. I thought that was that was great stuff. Yeah. Really, really used the letters. I love that show. Oh yeah. It and there was, was the uh, the really good tag match with Usos and um, yeah. uh, who what, Street was it? Who who did they face? Street I think it was the, Yeah, I think it was the Usos uh, against the Street Profits. Uh, no, it was the Usos against uh, um, Judgment Day. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had like a forty-five minute tag match. Yeah. Adam Pierce allowed uh, Sami Zayn to be in there because this right, trial right. of Zayn. Right, and I will right. say, it's like one of the first times WWE has been able to do this, where if the legend comes and goes, "I'm not going to be able to wrestle you, but I know somebody who will," and out comes the current guy, and the place erupts and goes crazy. And they've mm-hmm. done it at that show with Rollins and the Street Profits, and then they did it at NXT a couple weeks ago with Shawn Michaels revealing Johnny Gargano. Yep cool that like WWE is so hot right now that like people are really embracing this current crop of wrestlers and we don't have to rely on the legends to come out and wrestle you know past their prime yeah I mean even just fast forwarding to Wrestlemania this year well will this episode come out in Wrestlemania Saturday night uh there are no male legends on it just uh Lita and Drish yeah so yeah that's insane that's insane it's been a long time since that's been the case you're right. It, has. it really has, you know, since there hasn't been a. I mean, I mean, because to me, Brock is he's a legend, but he's an active. He's still there. Yeah, he makes yeah. the big show. So I don't count him as like a you know Taker, or Triple H, or Austin mm-hmm. last year or anything like. He's he's a current you know competitor. So yeah, this is the first one in recent memory they haven't had a big uh, return male star. You know, I guess. And I- I think one of the things I'm so excited about is you have all these, like after WrestleMania, most of the crew is actually going to be there, which is <laughs> yeah. a long time. Yeah, I will say Cena does fit that role. It doesn't feel like I'm that, sorry. but but he I'm he sorry, is. Right. But yeah, there's usually 
I had forgotten that, but there, I mean, there's usually four or five guys taking that one of those spots, exactly. you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I it, it's been a while. It's been a few years since Cena has too. So yeah. it's nice to see him back. Uh, well, there's some other podcast. Uh, he was on, <laughs> can you believe I'm saying this? Uh, Undertaker was on Tony Hawk's podcast and the Undertaker <laughs> was on Mike Tyson's podcast. Uh, wow. in the past yeah, few boy. months, <laughs> imagine me telling you that in 1998, uh, oh, as we're sitting there playing, uh, Tony Hawk pro skater on N64 <laughs> oh, yeah. and as Mike Tyson's on Monday night raw. Hey, you know, 25 years from now, <laughs> these guys are yeah. going to have YouTube shows. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a model. <laughs> yeah. Well, Taker was all over the place, man. Uh, no shortage of Taker talk out there in the month of March. If you want to go check it out, um, and then he was across TV as well. Uh, the WWE on A and E specials have been back in full force. Uh, he was obviously a big part of the Kane biography special, mm-hmm. which aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, Travis. I know you said you didn't check out all I had, that. I got about. Yet. 20 minutes left, but yeah. what I've seen is very good. I mean, they talk about how that's the best storyline, mm-hmm. the long-term storyline there ever yeah. has been, which I mentioned on, I think, last month's episode that aside from that, like until until now with the bloodline, that probably was the longest-running storyline Dirty's ever had, you know? Like, there hasn't been another long, long, long storyline until, like, now with the bloodline. And guess what? It's amazing, just like Kane and Taker was. So it's funny how really long-term storytelling can pay off. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. I uh, I highly recommend the Kane bio. I think it's one of the better ones that they've had. Who's out. your favorite part? Oh, uh, Kane's wife, Mrs. Kane, was the, the best she part of it. <laughs> she, I can't believe she. I can't believe she's on there. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, she's she tells some funny stories on there. She was a highlight of it. Usually when we were doing stuff like that, I would tell Crystal, "I have to do something tonight. It's gonna be okay. Don't worry about it." And I'd be like. Just wait. Maybe don't watch it until I call you and tell you that everything's okay. You can't tell your wife not to watch something that where you're going to be caught on fire and be a freaking human inferno walking around, flame shooting mouth of you. And you'd be praying, oh, dear God, please, 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 you know, don't let him catch on fire. Let him, <laughs> let him be okay. Let him win this one. Let Mark catch on fire. Um, I will say my only problem with it, I was telling Travis this uh, before we started here, uh, I wish it was a three-hour special. It was only two hours because I'm sitting there, I'm watching it, and they have they do an awesome job with Glenn Jacobs growing up, uh, his college football career, uh, going be, becoming the Christmas creature in Memphis wrestling, Isaac Yankum, fake Diesel. They talk about all of that, which he doesn't really talk about a whole lot. So they actually go in-depth on all of that. And then they finally get to Kane and the Brothers of Destruction. And I look down at the time bar as I'm watching it. And I'm like, there's only 10 minutes left. We're, we're sitting here in 1998 and there's only 10 minutes left of this show. And that's like, yeah, like, like we fast forward through the last 20 years of his career, which was kind of a bummer. Like, cause there's some, there's some deep cuts on there that we need to talk yeah. about. There was no see no evil talk. Uh, barely any talk about him losing his mask and all that sort of stuff. So man, they can, they can, they can do a part two Kane bio in my opinion. Yeah. No, those have been great. And uh, I definitely got to see that because I know Kane really has not liked talking about his older gimmick. So mm-hmm. that, that's cool. They do that. I dug Talks it. a lot about it. Yeah. He goes you know, real in depth. The on weird, weird thing about these is like, dude, I don't know. I love Bret Hart, but it sounds like he is gargling gravel when he's talking, man. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it sounds awful. He's had his issues. <laughs> like, 
it sounds like that Molly Cyrus meme that's going around where she's like, the, it's, it's funny. But no, I'm just kidding. But Brett's, Brett's a good, but Brett puts him over really good because he talks yeah. about oh, like, that match with uh, Isaac Yankum. He's like, you know, that, I laid that out to help him shine. And he did a great job, you know, because he was kind of floundering with that. Was that SummerSlam? SummerSlam. Summer and he five, right? Yeah, and talks about how and Brett Brett puts Kane over really good because you know Brett he's very critical and, and he, as he should be he's the best I mean he's yeah. one of the greatest he has every right to be critical so to see him put a big guy like that over just like he does Taker is really really cool man like that's really yeah. kudos to to Brett for putting uh, Glenn Jacobs up like that and, and they yep. put go ahead no I was gonna say Brett used to have a podcast and he stopped doing it because every week he'd bury everyone right. <laughs> He like would get so critical. If he doesn't like you, he has absolutely no issue. Oh, he doesn't yeah. at all about letting you know. He still talks about Bill Goldberg being yeah. horrible. Ask Bill Goldberg exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say uh, another thing. Like they talk about the fake diesel thing, and uh, I think it's JBL on there. He says like, yeah, it was bad and it was dumb, but look, there were two guys there. There was a fake diesel and a fake Razor yep. Ramon, and Glenn Jacobs embraced it he, he knew yep. it was like a weird idea but he took it seriously and there's a reason why he's still here and had a, has a hall of fame career and you never heard from fake razor ramon again yeah. and i thought that was really interesting you know really yeah, putting over his a... ability to you know he he was in a bad place but he didn't moan and groan about it he's just like let me see what i can do with it that's awesome and i i just i never put it together man but He's sitting, they show all these clips of him as fake diesel and he's got that glove on his hand and he's like doing this with his hand, with the, with that glove on his hand, like diesel used to do. And I was like, right. that's what Kane does that too. Kane does that with his glove. He's always right. pulling the glove down and sort of doing that. And I never put it together that he used to do that as fake diesel. Too. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and then we got to talk uh, real quick about Undertaker's other a &E special. They had a Rivals episode of his rivalry with Mick Foley with Mankind. And again, I thought this was excellent. Tommy, I know Superb. you did watch this one. Travis, I know you watched it. What was y'all's thoughts of this one? 10 out of 10, man. Awesome. Again, sometimes we can go back to the well too much on Hell in a Cell. Uh, but with these two guys talking about it, it's not some other podcast or some talking head. It's the two guys in it talking about it. It's very cool, you know, to see them talk about. And but to me, what was more intriguing was the the backstage stuff with the boiler room brawl, talking about that and just talking about how um, that was just like a it was a it was a brand new idea, you know, the boiler room brawl thing was. It was very cool, and just to see that and to see the continuity with him getting his bloody elbow, having to not stitch it up and bust it open again the next day, so they could you know the continuity would still like that's just crazy commitment to character, dude. Think Nick and I took years off each other's careers. A potato in wrestling speak is a really stiff blow above and beyond what we usually deliver. And sometimes in our urgency to have a great match, we might serve up a couple potatoes. All right. <laughs> we get to the point where we'll pick up from here tomorrow at the pay-per-view. I remember getting a cut on my elbow. They have a doctor there, and they said, hey, you want me to sew that up? And I was like, no, I can't sew it up. It's got to be open tomorrow, or it's not going to, you know, it's not going to match up. 
you know, where, how in the world did I get stitches in, in between this and this? <laughs> yeah, I also, I, I loved it. And uh, I was telling, telling you guys, uh, you know, before we started recording, I always love these, this segment of Talking Taker because it, it lets me know all the comings and then after the show, <laughs> And uh, when I saw when I heard the Taker Mankind, I was like, ah, you know, I, I remember the Hell in the Cell, but uh, I saw you put it over on, on Twitter, and uh, I went and checked it out, and I, I can't agree more. I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic, and, and I think mm-hmm. you remember them only for Hell in the Cell. You forget how great their rivalry was before that. Uh, they really get into it here, and it's just as you said, those backstage pieces where they get them you know doing the the, the backstage parts of the uh weatherman brawl where they actually have gerald briscoe stop them from wrestling and they yeah. have a little conversation with each other where like takers like you okay and yeah. it's like oh, sorry about all those potatoes like yeah it's amazing how much footage they have uh just a gold mine of footage that they just record everything and i love seeing stuff like that it's worth it worth your while to check it out oh man like little uh 10 year old me like my mind was blown like because you can't even imagine like seeing footage like that because you know back in the day like the the the, the business was still very protected in 1996 so so the fact that we're able to see all this behind the scenes footage uh of this stuff now is so cool yeah that was worth the price of admission to go watch that if for some reason you haven't seen that highest of recommendations to that rivals episode uh you know we've heard hell in a cell stories basically about as many times as we've heard Montreal Screwjob stories or, you know, Hogan slamming Andre stories, you know, and we'll be hearing them. Till... Or who's the third man story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Till, <laughs> till all these guys are dead. We'll be hearing those stories. So that, that stuff's fine, but they, they actually did a great job. The first half of the episode uh, about all the other stuff with the entertainment mm-hmm. of mankind. So very, uh, very much appreciated that highest recommendation. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so that kind of brings us to our topic for tonight, WrestleMania 29. Like we said, it is the 10-year anniversary of this WrestleMania, Undertaker and CM Punk. A lot of great anniversaries we could have picked from this year. We had uh, we could have gone to WrestleMania 9 with Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> we could have. <laughs> well, you welcome. WrestleMania 14, Undertaker and Kane. Uh, although, I-, I, think we che- I think it's cool to choose this one. I think Undertaker and Kane... That's the obvious one. That one's probably been talked to death too. Uh, this one, you know, deserves a little more light shine on it. Uh, could have done WrestleMania 19. Mm, uh, <laughs> I was pushing for that, folks, but Alex Vito, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think WrestleMania 24 could have been in contention, though. Uh, uh-huh. Taker and Edge. I think that's uh, would have been that's 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 right up here with this one for a match that would be fun to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say that like the best non Shawn Michaels and Triple H Taker Mania matches either Edge or CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Yep, I wouldn't or, argue with you if you picked either one. What was that? I missed that. I said uh, or Batista. I guess that was really good too. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. that's in the conversation as well. And then uh, WrestleMania 34, five years ago. And uh, Tommy, I know we're scheduled to have a little chat about that on your t- YouTube channel since uh, I got to go to that. So we'll discuss yeah. that over there. I, uh, I, I sat down to watch uh, WrestleMania 34 uh, to prepare for it and saw that runtime of five hours and four minutes. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Quite long, that show. I don't think our YouTube video will be quite that long, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, that's crazy. No, it was 
will not be. But that is uh, that's quite the show for sure. Well, uh, let's talk about your experience there at WrestleMania 29, man. Uh, I think everybody knows the backstory to this match. You know, it, it's been talked about. I don't think we have to go into the the history of this match, um, uh, how we got to this match, and we can talk about it while we watch the match if we want to. But let's talk yeah. about your experience there because I know you had a very unique one, um, and it did involve the Undertaker. It did, yeah. Um, so, so what happened? 2013 comes along. I have. I'm now dating my wife now about six months. We're pretty close, though, because the whole uh, Hurricane Sandy deal had happened at the end of 2012. So she actually had to move in with me for a couple weeks. So we got real close real quick. Uh, But with WrestleMania 29 coming around, we still hadn't been to any wrestling shows together. So with 29 coming around, I was like, I could take her to Mania, but I don't even know if she really likes wrestling. So I figured I was going to have to go with my friends. They were like, at this point, very casual fans. I figured I can get them to go to WrestleMania with me. But I'm a huge fan at this point. And so I'm like, I need to figure out a way to still be able to do all the fun stuff. I want to go to the Hall of Fame. I want to go to Raw after Mania. I want to go to Access. That's my that's my big four things that I always tried at the time to go to. So I was like, how can I figure this out? So I went online. I tried to see, you know, go to WrestleMania for free. Win free tickets for WrestleMania. Google it all. <laughs> Nothing is coming up. Like, there's no chance that I could do this. Uh, until I see go to WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania for free. So I click that, and lo and behold, there was uh, a company named Jersey Cares had set up a deal where you can go and volunteer at WrestleMania Access. And if you worked, I think it was three sessions of Access, you got a session to go to for free, any session you wanted to. If you had worked for four sessions of Access, you got to go to any session of Access for free, and you had got to go to Raw for free as well. And Raw was Ooh. like so different. Raw after Mania Dang. was like pops. Like right after Lesnar came, the day after Mania 28, right after they did Cena and Rock the year before. So that was like a very hard ticket to come by. So I, was, I told my friends, and, they, and we were like, they were so excited about it. We were like, we're going to get to basically go and volunteer at Access. We're going to get to be, this show is going to be the greatest show for us because we're going to have nonstop hype for everything. So I figured we'll do that. And then since the Hall of Fame is a classy event, I'll take my uh, my girlfriend to it. She's going <laughs> to love it. It's like everything I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm going to get everything. I'm going to get to do it all. And uh, it was actually, it, it was, they took it so serious, Access. Like, it's amazing to me they, they seem to have get done away with it because in order yeah. to do it, you had to go to an orientation. So we had to go middle of the day to go to orientation to learn how to be a worker at Access and learn how to be one of the volunteers. Uh, and we were greeted by the primetime players. And once we were doing the walk of access to check everything out, to show us where everything was, Triple H and Stephanie were also there checking everything out. Wow. Uh, so hmm. that was, and also at the time, like, I have a job and I'm in graduate school. Ditch everything. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Called, yeah, called out of work the entire week. Didn't go to any of my classes. It was like I, this became, I became so involved with all things WWE and all things WrestleMania because Good. every day taking the trip from New York to New Jersey to work these events because all of them were held at the now defunct IZOD Center. Um, and it was it was an incredible experience. And uh, So, yeah, was, let me ask you that. It, it, they act like this is in New York, uh, New Jersey or whatever. Like, what what's the actual... Uh, uh, distance. Zip code. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's your time getting from where you're living uh, to the the access and the stadium? Like, was it is it really all that easily accessible? 
Not really. Especially, I'm in <laughs> York, so it is about, you know, you basically need to be about 45 minutes to an hour away from where <clears> they <throat> were. And I will also say that they were very, like, they knew people were working access to get those raw tickets, so they were the most strict people ever. You were late, you were done. Like, it was that. Wow. So we were, had to oh, be wow. for that yeah. Saturday access that started at 8 a.m. and the Sunday morning access started at 8 a.m. We had to be there like 7 o'clock in the morning wow. to make sure that we were ready to go ahead of time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's about 45 minutes to an hour, and it's also tolls. You have to pay two different tolls. It's about $20, $30 total just to go back and forth. Uh, so it was definitely a bit of a commitment, um, not only time, but also money because of how much we were paying to go back and forth and do all that. Well, now, did you... Uh, did they assign you to a job or was it just like you show up and okay, we need five people over here. We need to get a couple people over here. Just like, uh, you know, fill in wherever you can. Yeah. So uh, it was actually really, so I, I had volunteered at the time to work for a website, a wrestling news website, because I knew that I had the inside scoop as to where everyone was going to be at access because they gave me a card that actually showed you. So when they go, we don't know. Nice. Who's we don't know when, when they switch over, everyone knows. They have the full list of people. So I was kind of like a correspondent for a website, which was great for me because they would let me know like, hey, if you go to the city, they're doing the WrestleMania press conference and they're going to do a photo op right outside of Radio City. So get down there if you want to see that. Or they would tell me different things. So I'd be able to go and do that. But uh, they, the people who were running it were, were people our age, the people who actually worked at these places. So, so oh, if well. you them, they would let you do pretty much what you wanted to do. Sometimes they'd assign you, and they'd be like, like in the beginning, they'd be like, you're going to be a greeter here, you're going to be manning the line over here. Um, uh, one of the weird stories, I, I, there was a take a picture with the Divas uh, booth, and it was, I guess, the Total Divas booth, because Total Divas was coming out in a few months. So they had the big sign, and Rosa Mendez was one of the, uh, she was the premier act you got to take a picture with, who was the manager of... I don't even know what, I think Primo and Epico I think was, she was with the Colognes, yeah. The Colognes, yeah. yeah. Um, and a, a gentleman went over, took a picture with her, and asked uh, if he can give her a kiss. She was uh, having none of it and was like, no. And um, then he tried anyway. Like, when at one point she bent down, he tried to give her a kiss. No. He's like, she was like, oh, my God. And then he accused escorted off the stage. But, like, allowed to stay at Access. Like, this would have been all over if, if Twitter was, like, around now, like it is yeah. back then. He was escorted off the stage, and, like, high-fived his buddies. Like, I had to know, man. I had to take my shot. And so because of that, they ended up changing. So the next diva was supposed to be AJ Lee. And instead, they moved her out and brought out the Usos about <laughs> six months before they were popular. So the Usos were standing in the total divas picture. And for the rest of the weekend... You had another like random like one day it was JTG and Hornswoggle at the deal. <laughs> <laughs> that guy ruined it for everybody. And it was like, like guy. Those, the poor Usos who are like the biggest thing in the world now. Usos get up on the stage and you never seen everything's like clear out that line as quick as possible. I got to hang out and talk to the Usos for like hours because there was literally no one on that line for them. Isn't um, that funny? So like, would you yeah, say you've you... been down since day one ish? I have been down since day one ish. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> The Raw after WrestleMania 29, I, I went to that show, and they came out for a dark match. It's the first time they did the whole uh, USA, winner, winner, USA, that whole deal they were doing. Uh, so it was uh, it was cool. It was uh, it was an interesting experience. And, I mean, I think the first, one of the first things that, one, one of the things I really loved about doing it was they basically said, you're basically like a cast member at Disney. 
you ever go to Disney, they know people are going to be online for a long time. So cast members are specifically there to talk with the people, see how they're doing. So I'd be standing on one of these lines a lot of the times, just talking to people, asking them, oh, how are you doing? You know, what match you're looking most forward to on Sunday? And meanwhile, I'm just a fan. So I'm just getting just as excited as they are. Uh, but probably the biggest thing that happened for me that weekend was Access was set up really a lot different than most Accesses have been. I know you guys were at the Access for 27. Yeah. And it's like being a big convention center. Yeah. And so walk in there and then the VIP, if you wanted to pay like $200, you get to go meet like a legend or a top guy. If not, you get to just like kind of see the wrestlers here and there. 29, they didn't really have a venue for Access. So they ended up doing it at the IZOD Center, which is where Raw was be taking place on Monday. Right. So if you had a VIP, you were able to get a picture with a legend and then you were able to legitimately walk backstage and go through Gorilla, walk in the locker room area, and go out of the entranceway where Raw actually was on Monday. Sweet. In towards the, where the ring was, which was really That's cool. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. That's unique. So on Thursday night, they told me they were like, you're, you know, because basically once you became cool with the people that were running it, you'd tell them, hey, is there any, i got to get down there and do the VIP. Because I wanted to see what the backstage area was and kind of see all that. So I was like, I want to hang out behind the scenes. I want to do all that. Because the NXT matches are going on. So literally, I'm, I'm like standing at the right at the front of where the NXT matches were going on and seeing like Bray Wyatt, Corey Graves, those guys having matches throughout the whole weekend. It was really nice. That's really neat. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, but Thursday night was by far the, the highlight for me. Uh, we had gone there and it was supposed to be a um, VIP for Ric Flair. Obviously, uh, Reed Flair, unfortunately, untimely passes away like yeah. right last minute, uh, right before this. Uh, so... Rick couldn't go, and uh, they did announce that Rick Flair wasn't going to be there. And I had gotten the opportunity at this stage to be right underneath where the VIP signing was going to be. So I'm standing there. I don't know what this is. And they did tell people, hey, you know, sorry, somebody came out. Um, what, what's the uh, the name you refer to Todd Grisham as? Uh, tool Grisham. Tool. <laughs> they sent down some poor tool to go out and tell the whole crowd uh, that Rick Flair wasn't going to be there. If anybody wanted to go get autographs, I mean, if anyone wanted to get their refunds, they can go do it, or they could take their chance on who's there to take his place. Light shut out, Undertaker's music hits. Uh, and it was. This is crazy. Sick. Because of all people, like, no one thought Undertaker was going to be at a, no. at making a random appearance here. So everyone was just leaving for, you know, joy, high-fiving each other. And now I'm looking up here, and Undertaker is literally, like, right here underneath where I'm standing, and I got to basically watch Undertaker interact with all of the fans for the entire awesome. two-hour session that he was there. Uh, they keep walking over, do I need a break? I was like, I'm good. I'll be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the Undertaker. So, uh, yeah. It was really, really cool. And uh, it was, it was, and it was one of these things, too, where uh, because you had to kind of direct the wrestlers. So, like, whenever the people with disabilities would come on their line, you had to be like, oh, you can go over here. There's some folks with disabilities. And most of them would be like, oh, thanks. Good looking out. Um so with the Undertaker, I, I think my only interaction with him was I was like, oh, you know, uh, sir, there's some there's some folks here, you know, the disability line starting to fill up. I don't know if you want to go over there. He's like, I'll get to it when I, I I'll get to it when I will. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but honestly, most of the wrestlers were similar. Like they told us to tell them, but they were not happy when we tell them. They'd be like, all yeah. right, what do you want me to do? This is like a really hard thing to kind of navigate. Yeah. Uh, but it was. It was an experience of a lifetime, and uh, it ended up... And, of course, you got to do some other things, too, like 
we did do the John Cena karaoke booth. I, I, I was going to bring that up if you didn't bring it up. So uh, <laughs> uh, what was that? Uh, what does that gimmick look like? Where you sing songs off his record, his album? No, well, so he has some good tunes on his album. Uh, but no, it was just his entrance uh, over and over and over. And so you you got people showing up to this thing ready to do it. Like people were practicing in front of their mirrors because they'd go into this booth and it was like a recording studio booth. And so they'd be all rocking out. They'd, know, they'd nail every single lyric. And me and one of my buddies who were working the uh, event were stationed on this booth. And it was, it was endless. It felt like 10 hours. Because then you'd have also guys go in there and his music would start. And they'd just be screaming, John Cena sucks at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, <laughs> like staring at me, looking at wearing a WrestleMania 29 access volunteer shirt and a big bright blue hat looking like life couldn't possibly be worse. And these guys are staring at me screaming John Cena sucks at the top of their lungs. As if this is like the most clever, funny thing they could have right. ever done as well. Um, and Did yeah. they get a but, recording of this that they got to take home or what was the deal? Yeah, you, you, you do it. Yeah, so you do it and then, they would have the entrance video for John Cena start. So you'd get the like the little like I'm a new and then it would cut into your your rap of it on the entrance uh, video of it. So it was uh it was one of the stranger deals, but people just ate this up. The, the line was endless the whole day. At, at some point somebody was there ready to do it. And I don't know if it was like the people who were and then if somebody messed up, they'd be like, Oh, is there any way you could ah, can we just uh, can we just, is there a way we could restart? And I'd be like, nah, you got to unfortunately you gotta get back on that line. And there was somebody who tried to do it literally like three times to get it right. I was like, oh what a waste of time and money to do this. Um, but yeah, that, that I'd say was one of the sillier things. The other one was probably the, uh, the ball pit for, it was like a foam pit that was set up for Hornswoggle's house, I guess it was. So people would be jumping into that. It was supposed to be for kids. But then you'd have, you know, guys bigger than me would be going and trying to do it and then like couldn't get out of the thing once they went in and did like try to do like a D'Lo Brown lowdown uh splash into, into the pit. <laughs> so. I bet that ball pit smelled terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd ask us afterwards too like oh, you guys want to take a jump in there we're like no nope, we're good uh, <laughs> oh. but I'd say probably the the best part about it though was the worst ball pit than a bunch of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I know yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, but I'd say probably, I mean, yes, interacting with the, re the wrestlers was cool. Some of them were really nice. Like, I'll never forget um, 3MB getting absolutely mobbed. And it, I don't know why, but 3MB was like, all the fans were just bothering 3MB, trying to get photos with 3MB because they walked through the, because the booths where they were signing uh, were upstairs, like, by the entrances. So once they were done, they had to walk all the way around the corridor of the arena to get out. So they went through it, and then they were like, I were all hands on deck. So I actually was in there trying to get people off, and uh, Drew McIntyre couldn't have been cooler and was like, thanks so much. I, I, know, I know this isn't your job. I really appreciate it. I thought that was, like, that was a nice thing. I think fans awesome. knew there were two future world champions in that group right there. Yeah, they, 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 they did. I think that people – and then I, I, I'll never forget when we did our access session, uh, we got to meet X-Fox. And I remember Xbox was standing nice. up the whole time and they were like, you got to sit down behind the table, sir. You know, that, there's no photos allowed. And he was like, nonsense. He's like, I'm going to stand here 
everyone who's wait who's waited on this line to meet me is going to get a photo and we're going to talk and we're going to shoot it up however long they they want to do it that's uh, awesome. and he, i thought he was a really really cool guy so uh it was an incredible experience and it was i'll never forget going across the street to the arena because in the middle of all this i still don't have tickets for wrestlemania that was like <laughs> the prevailing theme throughout the whole weekend i was like hey you're doing all these things you still don't have tickets imagine you miss wrestlemania and you're doing all this stuff so at one point uh, they told me, oh, you know, you can go into the arena to go to the stadium to go see the box office and go over there. So I went to go to the uh, box office to go get tickets. And in the ring was uh, the Funkadactyls and Brodus and uh, I don't even know what Tenze's name was at the time. Yeah. Practicing their entrance that got cut at WrestleMania. That, oh. that match even happened. Uh, but they definitely were planning it. We'll talk about why. Practice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because of this match. Yeah, that we're covering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, man, yeah. So, very cool. We got to be, you know, a few feet away from the Undertaker during his That's surprise awesome. access section. Got to see that. Uh, you know, one of the only people in the world that could say they uh, got to experience something like that. Very unique. Very cool. And uh, you know, just a few. Uh, was it twenty forty eight hours before this match, or twenty four hours? Was it what night was it? thursday so three days okay three days before this match yeah very cool experience man um so you didn't make it to wrestlemania right right tickets didn't work out for that but you uh you did make it to raw raw after mania so so we did the hall of fame with my wife my wife and i went to the hall of fame and she loved the first like hour or so mick foley chris stratus those are her like favorites then afterwards is that where foley pins jericho and cm punk counts the yes yeah he does that was fun Santa comes at the end. I think it's one of the best. I think if you want the two best Hall of Fame speeches, you start with the end of 28, which is Edge's Hall of Fame speech, mm. and the beginning of 29, Foley's uh, Hall of Fame speech. I think they're both just fantastic. And, uh, yeah, he pins Jericho, and then Santa comes out to kind of leave, help him to leave the arena That's right. uh, afterwards. Uh, but, yeah, we did that, and then after about an hour, she looked at me, and she was like, all right, what is this? Like, and they just walk <laughs> on it? Like, when, where's the ring? One of the matches happening, and I was like, "Oh no! Like this is just the Hall of Fame ceremony." And then, like I think uh, Maria Menudos comes out, then Donald Trump comes out. She's like, "Listen, I, I gotta go talk with my girls. I'll be outside when you're done." And I was like, "More!" I was like, "I can't believe she hates this." Um, but yeah, then the net, then it was. It was like because I was so busy doing so many different things, I didn't really have time to research WrestleMania tickets. And finally, I decided to go on Craigslist. Looked up the tickets. It was uh, two hundred fifty dollars uh, for for on the floor. Two hundred fifty dollars each. So I said to my friend, he was like, "Yeah, oh, that's incredible. Let's do it." So I went to go meet the guy in the city. The nicest, sweetest man you'll ever meet. Biggest wrestling fan shows up in his wrestling gear. He and I are chatting up about WrestleMania. He's telling me, oh, "I can't believe how much he's, he's going to be so bad not being able to make it to the show." And I'm like, listen, I hate buying tickets like this. Can I take a picture of your ID? So, of course. He gives me his ID, tells me to take a picture of it. So I'm like, there's no way these tickets are fake. We get to the arena. We're late. Fandango's music is playing. Remember, he fights Jericho at this show. Oh, yeah. And my friend and I are outside. We're literally right outside of MetLife. And uh, tickets were fake. So we didn't get in. <sighs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was a crushing, crushing night. But I will say... One of the things I always take away from this is that night my wife couldn't go to Mania. She was studying for an exam. And uh, 
that night, when she found out we didn't get into WrestleMania, she stopped studying for the exam and came over and was like, don't worry about it. Let's get some food at the house. We'll all watch WrestleMania together. And I say that's the moment I knew that was the one I was going to marry. I thought it was the coolest thing. I mean, the fact that she sat through the Hall of Fame with you, I think that's the moment <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And called you back the next day. Kudos <laughs> to her. Got the streams Rob Backlund speech. She got Bruno San Martino at the time. She doesn't have a clue who Bruno is, so... It was, but I will say that's also what gave us the idea that I was like, oh, wow, maybe she'll actually like real wrestling. And that's what gave us the idea to go to SummerSlam in 2013. And then she got the bug. We went to like every single show after that. And we've been, we're going to this year's as well. We're going to this year's. Can't wait to hear about your experience of it. It'll be, of course, documented on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, yeah, so I d- definitely encourage everyone to check out that uh, here in the weeks to come post WrestleMania. Uh, but you know, you weren't at this WrestleMania, but the next best thing is you get to watch it with us here ten years later, That's right? right? <laughs> and I will say, going into this match, it was one of these things. The whole week, because CM Punk is such a big deal of the weekend. He's like the cool guy everyone wants to root for at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So like every year, there's one. When you went to WrestleMania 34, it's probably Rusev. Rusev, Rusev Day. It was definitely Rusev Day in New Orleans. So uh, I was like, I want, I want Punk to beat the streak. I want him to be there to see Punk beat the streak. And then when I don't get in, I'm like, you better not beat the streak. I'm going to be miserable. <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was fun how that, that kind of changed things up a little bit. We are going to talk all about it. We will share our memories of watching it live. We will uh, share what it's like watching it back here 10 years later. Um, and we want to encourage you to watch it along with us all you listeners out there we know that uh you know it's not always easy to watch actually watch along the match uh i think most people probably just listen to us talk about it but man this would be a great one to watch wrestlemania 29 it is uh this is season 29 episode one this is season 29 episode one yeah thank you for clarifying that when they came to peacock i can't tell you how many times i'd go in there and look uh, I want to watch WrestleMania 31. No results found. What and I was season like, what? is it? <laughs> what? So, yeah. That is Wait a minute. Very odd. I don't know why they have it like that. But now that they do two nights, is it is it episode two? I think it is. is. The same season, yeah. is it? I think it is. <laughs> That's amazing. If you go into WrestleMania 38, there's uh, one season, four episodes. The pre-show, the one night, the pre-show, the second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing. <sighs> yep. Still sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did not know how good we had it with the WWE Network, guys. And uh, this was the last one that I'm sure we all watched yep. on pay-per-view. This was the last yeah. one before we were spoiled by the WWE Network and then Peacock. So that's a fun memory. And Travis, I know you yeah, got a I'll little story about that. about that. Yeah, Guys, I'm at one hour, 48 minutes, three seconds. Uh, that is the video, just come package, back from the video just package just ended. We're staring at the Statue of Liberty on top of uh, MetLife Stadium, which, uh, as we, as Tommy said, is probably at, at least an hour away from where the stadium actually is. The Statue <laughs> oh, of Liberty. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, so one hour, 48 minutes, three seconds. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to get that queued up on Peacock and watch that along with us. One hour, 48 minutes, three seconds. Uh, as everybody's doing that, I will say this is the fourth Undertaker CM Punk match on pay-per-view. They did face three times in 2009. Uh, Breaking Point 2009, CM Punk actually got a win over the Undertaker in a... uh, Anybody remember the finish of that one? Submission match, right? It was a submission, and it was a little uh, throwback to the Montreal Screwjob. 
So Teddy yep. Long screws Teddy over Long. the Undertaker, uh, tells him to ring the bell, and CM Punk gets a technical win over Undertaker. Taker gets it back the next month in Hell in a Cell. Uh, About two, two minutes. Yeah, very short <laughs> Hell in a Cell match. They opened the show, didn't they? At that match. And I thought, oh, this is it. Taker's definitely winding down. But this WrestleMania is going to be it for him because he looked horrible in that match. Like, it really looked – it was a total disappointment. That was uh, – it was, like, over, and then you had to sit through, I think, like, Legacy and DX main evented that pay-per-view in, in one of the weirdest <laughs> ever. Very strange. And now Cody's main event in Rania this year. Yeah, it's all, it all comes full circle. And – a very fun match the next month on pay-per-view. It's actually a fatal four-way with Taker, Punk, Batista, and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Sort of yeah. a hidden gem, if you've never seen it's that a good one. one. It's like only it's like a 10-minute little sprint it's of a fun. fatal yeah. four-way, but we really enjoyed doing an episode on that we one. Did. And uh, I got to mention, these guys, uh, we, we did the complete history of the casket match on Talking Taker a couple months ago. These guys actually <laughs> had a series of casket matches on house shows back in 2009 on a European tour. They did like uh, about half a dozen casket matches across Europe. Uh, you can actually find some fan cam footage of it if you search around on YouTube, Daily Motion, and that sort of stuff. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun to see these guys in a casket match. Uh, you wouldn't expect that. So uh, it's cool. You know, Taker, I think he definitely thought highly of CM Punk. And uh, actually, that was something I was going to mention in our Taker sightings. He's actually recently talked about this Punk mm-hmm. match uh really? in the past few months mm-hmm. uh, weeks uh i believe it was on inside, inside the ropes, the ropes. Yep. yep which is a uk show um i took a screenshot of a little uh transcript of it yes yeah, so they asked him about working with cm punk they said there's you know there's rumors about him having heat with cm punk and undertaker said you know he was great to work with i'm very proud of that match i have no beef with punk he always did business with me you know, don't believe everything you read on social media. We always got yeah. along. Uh, we always had good matches with each other. We talked. We, we ran through a lot of this stuff. He came up with a lot of ideas. I came up with a lot of ideas. I always enjoyed working with him. So uh, it's cool to right. hear Taker confirm, uh, you know, what we think. That this was a great match and that they enjoyed working together. And he feels the same way. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really nice to hear, especially because I always wondered that, too, because he always complains about not being in bed. But I always wondered if, like, Undertaker felt like, well, wait a minute, you're getting to wrestle me, which is at WrestleMania about as good as the main event. Like, you should be, this shouldn't be something you feel slighted with. Yeah, if you can't be a title match, be a Taker match. This yeah. is it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. I'm going to run to the bathroom before we start the match. <laughs> if you guys want to <laughs> do the same or if you want to keep talking, uh, you do the same. But uh, give me, like, 60 seconds. I'll be right back. <laughs> Charger just to make sure that in the middle of all this, I don't. Uh, I'm okay on the charge, but be- be- better to be safe than sorry. So I'll go run and do that. All right. Be right back. Yeah, no, I, he was great to work with. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of that match. And, uh, you know, we, we sit down and, and we thought about ideas and everything. I mean, it was, it was great. I had no beef. Um, uh, I had no beef with, 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 with Punk. Uh, he was always business with me. And, um, and I hope, hopefully, I was with him. I know uh, I've been told that uh, you know because I have some, I know I have some kind of beef against him, or or uh, yeah, I, I, man, social media. It's <laughs> yeah, they it's they tell you, like, hang on. They tell well, they tell me because I don't, I don't read comments, and I don't, I don't, I don't follow it. And but I have a lot of people who like 
oh man, did you see where they said this or somebody said that? I'm like, no, I didn't know anything about it. But you know, supposedly I squashed, I squashed his push and all of this stuff. And if anybody who knows me, like, even if I didn't like somebody, which I don't dislike, I don't dislike punk. I don't, you know, that's another rumor that I've got, you know, I have this disdain for him. I don't, I, he was good with me and that's all that matters. And business is business. Whatever's best for business. That's one thing I did learn from Vince. Business is business. Whatever's best for business is what you do. All right. Uh, took the potty break. Uh, everybody's good. We're all set. We've got our computers all charged. One hour, 48 minutes, three <sighs> seconds. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. It's a long boy. So, uh, Travis, you do the Laptop. honors as always. Three months before this WrestleMania, the one I'm on right now. Goo! Oh, my I'm gosh. On. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. I'll do a song. I'll say uh, three, two, one, play, and we'll push it on play. All right? Sounds good. Three. One. Hey. We got the lights are swirling around the MetLife Stadium. What's happening? We'll say the uh, but the coolest thing about this show, probably other than this match, yeah. is that the set is great. Great, I love the Look set. Look at this, living color, dude. Yeah, very very cool. This reminds me of Triple H coming out at seventeen, getting a cool entrance, but then getting beat by Taker. You know, <laughs> right. still getting a cool entrance. Like this made me think. Some like when Punk came out, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. maybe he's gonna they're gonna let him go over. Yeah, you know, because you know he like to reward him for you know his long title reign and kind of screwing him out of it, and then him and Cena had a ridiculously good match in February on Raw uh, yeah. right before this pay per view. I'll watch that match at least once a year. It is insanely good, and uh, I thought you know that. So here he is. Maybe they're gonna let him go over. Maybe get this cool entrance. You gotta say. I mean, he called himself the best in the world. Was he not probably the best wrestler in the world at this point in 2013? Point, I think so. Yeah. 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 He takes a little time off after this and then returns uh, in uh, the payback pay-per-view in Chicago. But I'd say mm-hmm. like, and then I think when he came back, he was a little like over it at that point. But right up until yeah. then, with his long title reign, he was amazing, both on the mic and in the ring. And he's just yep. so cool him over here. I and mean, he's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah, he was just—he was everything that I know me personally wanted as in you know a wrestler, like just somebody to be a fan of, not a big body guy. Somebody, I mean, Alex and I have always been drawn to guys like Jericho or Benoit or Malenko or Eddie Guerrero, and we've always—we I mean, love the big guys too, but like those little guys have always—we've really been drawn to Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, AJ Styles. I, I think I can speak for Alex too. I say those guys have always stood out to us too. So. Seeing someone like that get to rise to the top was awesome. Well, yeah. you and I, Travis, were punk guys from day yeah. one. I mean, we watched some. We we'd get DVDs of uh, you know some of his Ring of Honor stuff. Oh, or, yeah. or look up stuff from him in uh, OVW and stuff. And like when he, when he debuted in ECW, it was like, yeah, oh, this we is our guy. Yeah. Like yeah. we, we went to East to December to dismember with our hands wrapped <laughs> like yeah. CM Punk. I bought the shirt and like we were devastated. They didn't win that night. Uh, what about you, Tommy? Like how, uh, how are you on a, a CM Punk fandom? Were you in on him or was he not one of your guys? What was it like? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, I, I had, I didn't really start drinking really or, or, you know, I never, never, didn't eat anything other than drinking, but never really started drinking until I was in my like mid twenties. The only reason I did it was because I was like, 
it's just easier to hang out and you know try to talk to girls when I was drinking. <laughs> so I <laughs> sure. started. But before that, I didn't do it at all. So it was like CM Punk was my guy. My friend yeah. and I were both uh, straight edge, and so a lot of times we'd go to places, people would be drinking, and we became like suddenly we became like, oh, we could actually put people that we've been being made fun of for all these years. Now we could be cool. And they'd be like, oh, you're not going to drink anything? I'd be like, straight edge means I'm better than you. And that's like, <laughs> how it. and uh, I think we time, felt the same way. Right, Travis? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's yeah, another yeah. reason why we why we dug him is because, you know, I would never like call myself straight edge, but like we didn't drink or smoke. I you was, know? And yeah. so it was like, God, it's cool that he thinks that this guy who is cool doesn't drink or smoke. I don't know if we're cool, but at least we got that in common. <laughs> Exactly. He's getting cheered here, you know. He's he's getting cheered at MetLife right here. Yeah, people are. I mean, he's booing. They're booing because he's the heel, but they're also cheering him because he's CM Punk and they they like him too. Yeah. Interesting, you know. Just to interrupt here, uh, you know, Paul Bear came out with the urn. That's part of the storyline here. Paul, Paul Bear's got the urn. I mean, excuse me, Paul Bear <laughs> was in the urn. And he got dumped. Yeah, Paul Heyman came out with the urn. I'm so used to Sam Paul Bear. Um, so that's part of the storyline going forward in this match, you know, and. They kind of had this, like we mentioned, they had this storyline dumped in their lap. It was just Punk and Taker. Well, as you know, fate would have it, Bear dying actually added to the story here. It made yep. the story happen, and so uh, you know, hate to to see that happen, but it, it did make make the story better. And here comes, oh, what an entrance, dude! I know yeah. Xavier Woods is one of these guys. He loves this part. Oh, he loves talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> Woods is Woods is one of those hands right there. Yeah. Woods and that character that I sent you guys to come on your show many uh, many weeks. Ago. I'm just kidding. I think he was like WrestleMania 14. Yeah, one <laughs> yeah. of the druids. Yeah, 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 dude. Uh, this is whoever came up with this uh, man. Just give him all the kudos because this is such a cool idea. These demons, you know, it looks like they're coming up from hell and just like grabbing for the Undertaker here. Uh, really well shredder. done. Yeah, what a vest here. shoulders, I love it. His, uh, his elite figure in this outfit is great, too. If you've never seen his elite figure, he's got, like, a big... It, the entrance jacket is, like, this big, massive jacket. Uh, it's very cool. I love it. and uh, I love this entrance. Photo of all of the guys who are those little guys, uh, the demons. And I think, yeah, I think it's Woods. I want to say maybe even Brody Lee is in there. Could uh, be. Yeah, probably, that would make sense. Yeah. I think it's, like, Timeline all the guys. That makes sense. And uh, yeah. is very uh, and just adding to that spectacle, the flames coming up like with the Brooklyn Bridge here in the background. It's just so epic. Uh, I yeah. thought you ranked it too it low, is. Travis. You ranked it ten in your top ten entrances. I thought that was too low. I think it should have been higher. I I almost forgot how nice this was until watching it here. I'm like, this is. Uh, I imagine it's really being, good. That would be incredible. If you went to WrestleMania for this. You probably are the same way I am when people put down WrestleMania 27, just because this moment had to be incredible to be there for. Oh, without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think being there in person gives you a whole different perspective on it. Um, it makes it a lot more sentimental in your heart. And being, being there in person, it's always a better show than watching yeah. it on TV. And Taker's are entrance 27, not to get off topic, but he it's comes so out with Donnie Cash. Pretty, pretty we cool. We were there. One. It was amazing. Yeah. I love One Punk here. He's not afraid. Yeah. You know, tell him, come on. I, I like that because this yeah. version of Punk where he's kind of just ticked off at the world and 
He's lo- he's got nothing else to fight for because he's lost the title. It's been his baby for the last four and three four days. Where they're like, and he's lost that match to Cena to good money. Been like, he's just he's like, I have nothing to lose. So th- that's kind of the, the character he's got, you know. So I like that. That's what's going on here. I also like that when the first Don goes off, he like completely loses. Like ah, come on, like yeah, yeah. You know, they did a uh, documentary once about the true story of WrestleMania, and it's like a Blu-ray from way back. Mm-hmm. And there's like an extra where Edge talks about. When you're in that ring and Taker's coming down, mm-hmm. you get bumps. And it's like you start yeah. looking around like this is this is like really interesting stuff. Like it feels amazing. And I feel like that punk is probably going through the same thing, and that's why he just lets out this mm-hmm. big ah, like hey, I'm here, yeah. like let's go. You know, you, it's easy to become cynical, but you know, CM Punk is a wrestling fan. Like he grew up right. a wrestling yeah. fan. He grew up watching Undertaker. Those pictures of CM Punk with pink mohawk with stone cold steve austin and the mm-hmm. attitude era you know like he's he's a guy who probably worshiped the undertaker back in the yeah. day and to be here in this massive football stadium going one-on-one one-on-one with the undertaker as teddy long <laughs> would say you know that's a moment that the goosebumps have just got to be all over the place uh, went- dude, he's throwing this around throwing the urn around like a d-bag <laughs> He really is. I mean, he he comes he plays like the jerky heel so well. So well, so well. It's uh, you know, maybe a little close to home for him. <laughs> and uh, I love I love his outfit too. It's not lost on me. It is it is the colors. It is that is perfect. Getting your head psychology. It's taker colors. You know. Yep. Yeah. Gray and, and look, purple. they're going right at it, dude. They're right at it. Yep. It's a personal feud. It's a personal rivalry. Ooh. There's no collar and elbow tie up here. These two guys are here to fight. And he just powders out of the oh, ring. Oh. Taker come after him. Oh! What do y'all? Go ahead. What are y'all at exactly? I am at uh, Punk is leveling Taker right now. One fifty six, one fifty seven right now. One fifty seven. Okay, just a couple yeah. seconds by. Elbows to the chin. Yeah, I'm a couple seconds. Throw him yeah. in the corner. Yeah. Taker stone. Oh, Taker goozling. Right. Punk. Oh, Punk yeah, has a kick to the there. side of the head. Boom, kick to the chest. Well, I got to say, kick man. Taker. I, I was definitely disappointed when uh, this mania, when we found out it was going to be in New York, because I, I still thought and hoped in my heart, you know, they were going to keep the tradition alive of having every 10 years at Madison Square Garden, you know. Clearly, yeah. they've outgrown Madison Square Garden at this point. You know, they're, they're not going to go back there for a mania when they can have 70,000 people in the football stadium. But I was definitely a little uh, sad in my sentimental heart. I don't know if you felt the same way, Tommy. 100%. I mean, especially being here in New York, I've never been to a WrestleMania at, Wrestle, at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So for me, I was like holding out hope that like 30 would have been at WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so that I'd be able to go and uh, and be there for it. Uh, Forty being in Philly, Philly's not not exactly New York, but it's not that far from New York. So again, it's not Madison Square Garden, but at least it's uh, you know they're keeping it relatively close uh, to the Northeast. area. Northeast, yeah, yeah. All right, so Punk has got his head beaten to the table. Taker has taken out the tiny little monitors. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pre HD monitors there. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And he Taker looks good, man. He's in, he's in good he, shape. He really does. It's amazing how like every year before WrestleMania, you'd always hear, "Oh, Taker's Taker's beat up. Taker's got nothing. He's really struggling." The Mania would come around, he'd be amazing every single time. 
Well, this was in the period where he's working one match a year too. So it's like, <laughs> you got right. a lot of time to heal that body up. You got a lot of time to, to get, you know, to get out a hundred percent. And I think that's why he was able to have this stretch really from mania 23 with Batista up to this match. I mean, this unprecedented seven yeah. years of match of the night. I mean, yeah. yeah. Hard to argue that Taker doesn't have the match of the night uh, for every one of those manias from 23 to 29. Yep, yeah, you're right. So you're right. Well, uh, yeah. what's on his uh, like, what's on the, his left hip here on his uh, outfit, his left side, isn't it, uh, Paul Bear? Thing? Yeah, he's got an urn. I've actually, it's on the figure here, uh, yeah, as well. Here, you can kind of see it if you're watching us. He's got the uh, R.I.P.P.B., the rosary, the urn on there. Nice little touch. Yeah, there. That is really cool. He yeah, the apron the leg I love that. Is that he? Well, it wasn't at this year's Hall of Fame, but the next year he actually does make an appearance when Paul Bear goes into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. comes out and does the whole deal. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, very neat. So they they've they've run I mean a hundred miles an hour from the get go from this. Now they're starting to slow it down. Take her with the ref intimidation. Ref like intimidation. Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto. Yeah. yeah, baby. <laughs> and I actually read some rumors that Mike Kyoto might be in the running for the Hall of Fame this year. Or at least a referee, and I think they mentioned he was a possibility. So uh, who knows, man? Maybe that's been yeah, announced by the time we're it. recording this. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. By the time we're recording this, all we know is what? Ray, Muda, and... Uh, Andy Kaufman. Andy, Andy Kaufman. Well Andy. Yeah, uh, I think Batista fell through. Uh, he's re- recording in South Africa. We'll yeah, be able to make- I guess so. Oh, Punk throws Taker off the top. Yep. He prevents the, the old, old school. school. I... Seems like a staple of this era of Taker matches. First time he goes for old school, it's always going to be foiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's a great way to uh, change the momentum of the match. We see that a lot during this era. But it always works. It's a great way for the heel to take over Punk with these stomps in the corner. Interesting. Both these guys definitely... Uh, sort of innovators as far as using MMA as part of their offense. Mm-hmm. They're both highly yep. influenced by it, and that's part of probably why they have uh, such good chemistry together. Although, oh, and- I will say those 2009 matches with Punk and Taker, none of them were that great. So it was like yep. kind of interesting heading into this. Like I don't that- know how good it's going to be. That was the point I was about to make. As Punk goes for old school and hits it, I was about to say, you know, you just mentioned their matches in 2009. And they were fun, but look at just how much he's grown as a performer, mm-hmm. how much offense he's allowed to get now because he's earned that, you know, his spot yeah. in the company. Oh, a Russian leg sweep into a pin. Love it. Bunks on the offense now. And Paul Heyman is earning his spot on the outside too, man. He is. Yeah. Golly. Really... One of the things I really like about, uh, about these two, I, I completely agree. I remember going into this, Almost like, oh, I've seen that match before, and it isn't good. And I remember being like, almost wanting Punk at the time to actually get the Lesnar match. Because Lesnar had also fought Hunter a couple of times, or at least once going into it. Um, but then eventually That's SummerSlam the year before. Yeah. You know, this. there's so many tattoos in this match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so many tats. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny that Heyman is still such a pivotal part 
of WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, he is going to be an essential part of this year's WrestleMania, uh, the main yeah. event uh, as well with, yeah. with Roman and Cody. You know he's going to play a role, and he adds so much. Um, you can't discount how much he's adding to this match just on the outside, uh, holding that urn up, telling CM Punk, you know, that was two. You just need one more. You just yeah. need one more. Uh, he's God, he's just the best of all time. Yep. Yeah. This is his fourth or fifth WrestleMania main event because uh, he's there. He was there with Brock in 31 and 34, there with Roman last year, the year before. So, yeah, this is his fifth one. Wow. Every year he's playing a role since he came back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. His legacy is still growing, and I, and I think it'll still be a long time before we look back and see how important Paul Heyman's role is. As Punk goes to the top. Punk's going to the top rope, jumping out. Oh, double axe handle smash to Ooh. the outside. Macho Ooh. man, Randy Macho Savage. Man. Yeah. yeah. Very Which, cool. again, we know is a big inspiration for him. I remember when Macho right. died, he wore those pants, uh, the, the trunks like Macho. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, as the as this part of the match is a little bit slow, I'll, I'll talk about my history with this match. This is where – so this was I, – I never got the shows on paper. Well, I, I did when I lived in my apartment in college, you know, this couple of years. And then you would get them at your apartment, Alex. And then – but uh, this was um, – I was in Nashville. My, my, I was married. This is the first – I guess first WrestleMania after I was married. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm my years are off. This is the fourth one. I was married, but uh, I, I never got to. <laughs> oh, you got, you got married. Young. He did. Wow. Yeah. I was 22, three, 23. Uh, yeah, she was 20. Anyway. Um, so yeah, this was the first year that like my wife surprised me for my birthday, which was at the end of the month. She's like, Hey, I got you WrestleMania. And so of course it's 65 bucks or whatever it is on direct TV. <laughs> right. And, uh, we get it, and a buddy, a youth pastor, and uh, uh, at the time, uh, well, she was a former youth pastor at the time because we just had our baby. But anyway, oh, punk with a swing neck breaker. Uh, one of our old youth kids wants to come over and watch it. He's a big Cena fan. He wears his spinner belt and everything coming over. So he comes over to the house, and we, we, you know, we, we got it going on. I had TV downstairs in the man cave. We're watching, and it's storming, and so direct TV. What happens? Feed goes out. So mm-hmm. feed goes out. We try to keep pulling it back up over and over again. Storm blows through. It's fine. But now every time we try to pull it up, it won't go. It won't play. It's keep, keep giving us air. So my wife's on the phone with Drag TV. And I don't have a smartphone at this time. I don't yeah. at all. Um, I have a flip phone still or whatever, a Nokia or something. So, um, you know, we're doing that and trying to get on the phone with them. No house phone. So we're just calling. My wife's on the phone. And so anyway, we, we um you know, just kind of kill some time. And eventually, she. long story short, she gets them – to basically tell me I don't have to owe them at all anymore. And uh, she uses her mom voice, her teacher voice, and uh, and basically says, you're giving this to us for free, and we're going to get it for as long as we need to until you can watch it. So uh, I got it for like a whole month or something, so I went back and watched it again. after it, you know, We'll watch it all the way through. But we, we did get eventually to, to bring it back on right before this match started. Uh, so got to see this live and everything. And then afterward, we went back and watched the couple, maybe 45 minutes that we missed. So. Uh, yeah, but glad it, glad it, it made all a worked out, man. Yeah, yeah. Did. and I'm and I'm glad also you got a chance afterwards to go back and check out that Jack Swagger Alberto Del Rio World Title <laughs> match. Oh. oh yeah, Jack Swagger. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pong just got crushed on top. So yeah, I have fond memories because this was the last pay per view I got. I mean, my wife surprised yeah. me with it. We she never like I, I never asked to order pay per views. They're, they're ridiculously expensive, and we didn't have money, so. Oh, here he goes. Uh-oh, take, take her. her. Go. Oh. He's going for it. No, the walrus. Penguin. 
The walrus. <laughs> Cuckoo Kachoo. Cuckoo Kachoo. He's going to take. I was about to say, I was like, I did not remember Taker going over the top. No, nope, not this time. Punk with the big clothesline off the top rope. Another near fall here. Um, this is Punk. the last WrestleMania on paper on you know you know classic pay per view because the next year would be uh, fourteen in New Orleans where it's on the network. So which was uh, so very... mind blowing. You know, you talked about yeah. sixty five dollars. It really was that much to get a pay per view every month if you wanted to watch an HD. HD. Yeah. yeah. So like to have everything nine ninety nine a month was just unreal. But uh, Punk with a short arm clothesline going back up top. That was the Andrew. one decent thing about DirecTV was, uh, yeah, you'd always have problems with them, but you, you, if you complained enough, they would give you stuff for free. Like, uh, you know, I'd always try to cancel, and they'd always, you know, yeah, you know, give me a discount, Ooh. like let me renew yeah. for like way cheaper because I just threatened to cancel. Like, yeah, the people working tech support didn't care; they were just like, whatever, we'll just get. Okay. Yeah, I, I, the only pay per view I'd ever gotten refunded for was uh, actually, and you mentioned it earlier, December to December, because it went on the air like 50 minutes early. And we were like, you're supposed to get a three hour show here. And we ordered the show to watch Sabu in the main event. We got Bob Holly. So you better be in there. To their credit, they did. Yeah. Because we ordered every single pay per view because I used to have like the pay per view parties. Like, everyone would come by. People didn't even like wrestling. They just wanted to come by and hang out. So everyone would throw down for it. So I say that's probably the only sad part about the network was once the network came around, everyone just watched their own stuff at home because it was only nine ninety nine. Yeah, I wish they'd refunded our tickets well, that night. Jeez. Yeah. I uh, still had a great night. I love that night. Uh, I look at it. Oh, what a, what a choke slam a great from Taker. Yeah, a punk. Choke slam punk out of his boots on that one. That was great. Go to sleep, take a reverse it, choke slam, got a good two count. I will say Heyman's doing a great job on the outside being Paul Bear. He's hugging the urn, he's holding it up when he's supposed to. Punk's pretending to get the energy from it. It's really great, man. Really great stuff. These guys are putting on a, a clinic. And um, for those of you who don't know at home, this match is going to go uh, heavy, as they say. It goes a little long, longer than it's supposed to which is going to cut the match you mentioned earlier, the Funkodactyls and the <laughs> Funkosaurus and T-Bag or whatever his name was uh, against somebody. I don't know. Lord the Rhodes Scholars. The man Rhodes who's been defending Mania this year was cut from this WrestleMania. Cody and Sandow. Captured, captured on Total Divas because they were they were right at Gorilla and they get told, nah, it's cut. But um, it's because of this, so they didn't say anything. How are you going to say anything to, to take her? Right. Are you going to complain to him and be like, hey, my match got cut. Take it be like, top, yeah. you know? Well, uh, yeah, take it, say somebody call your mama. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I've heard, yeah. t- I've heard Punk in an interview talk about this match, and he said, you know, we were going heavy, and Kyoto was like, go home, and Taker's like, no, we're not done yet. Like, we got it. Like, it's fine. So, which wow. is, I mean, he's, and he doesn't mean that out of disrespect. He, you know, he didn't mean that it hurt next match. But, like, it's just, it, it, they had to tell a story here, dude. And this match is the match of the night. Thank God they went heavy, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't think one person in the crowd was upset that this match went five <laughs> minutes longer and they didn't get no. the, the Funkadactyls coming out, you know? Well, so, sorry sorry to say. Like being around that time going to the IZOD Center for all those access things, each one of the pillars on the size of the IZOD Center, there were six of them. One of them had Punk, one had Taker, one had Brock, one had Hunter, one had Rock, one had Cena. Those three matches all are very long. This is a three-match show. I mean, this, those three matches are, like, very long. So they weren't about to be, like, they're the only other matches left other than that, that eight-person tag. So it's not like yeah. they're going to go, hey, Hunter Brock, cut ten minutes out. No way. Right. <laughs> you know, well, so. 
contest started at 148. This pay-per-view is three hours and 47 minutes. So for two hours, there's only three matches. Yeah. Wow. Goes to show right. you. Oh, Ooh, Taker going for a last ride through the... Punk gets out. Kick to the skull. Ooh. Taker falls back. Wow. You know, oh, boy. Front row. Puck's thinking something big right here. What's he going to do? What's it going to be? People always complain about, they always say, oh, you know, there was some tasteless stuff with Paul Bear. But looking back at it, and especially in this match, it was really a tribute to Paul Bear. Exactly. exactly. That's what we said. Yeah. That's what we just said. You know, and like, you know, it's easy for us to say Paul Bear would have wanted it that way. But his family has even said he would have wanted it that way. For sure. Yeah. Going to go for another elbow drop to the outside. Bringing all kinds of macho man heat tonight. Punk? Absolutely. I always loved him pulling out the elbow. Oh, yeah. Table, <laughs> table does not break. Yep. And the table. I don't, every time it doesn't break, I'm always like, ah, that had to hurt. <laughs> oh, it hurts so much worse. It has to, right? I know. It sounds like you Just want it to break. Yeah. Yeah. It's your fall when the table explodes. Exactly. Yeah. And look, Mike Kyoto is being very lenient. With the count out, and I think that commentary says that, you know, like, he's I mean, this, this match has huge implications. He's, you know, it's a big match. Look at that. He sails right over. It's a great elbow drop. I love that, the, that, you know, this is so long ago that when Punk goes and hits that elbow there, all you see are all the flash bulbs in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> you just have people, you know, taking the pictures on their phones when you didn't even do the flash. Or they probably are just filming the entire match on their phone, too. Which right. Which a lot of people do. Oh. Mike Kyoto is counting, though. You know, he's got to yeah, get punks back to. in the ring, so he's got to get this year. and yeah. um, Got an eight count. I feel like this is a lost art in modern-day wrestling, you know, that last-second run-in from the count-out. Like, right. I don't I don't watch it as much anymore, but I just feel like we don't see that spot anymore. But it's always good to get the crowd into it, you know? It helps with the false – false finishes are an art form, you know, and that yeah. helps with one, you know, especially – That is one. It's you, a false finish. Yeah, it's a false finish. Yeah. yeah. When you come in at the last second – that's like, you know, I, I don't I don't love cage matches with the escape. Uh, you know, they were designed to keep everybody in. It's a right. blood feud. It's the blow-off. But I get why Vince went with that. It's a false finish. I get it. It's, it's dramatic. It helps bring – the, the fans in and get you on your feet. Oh, going for the Ooh. Hell's Gate. Yep, out of nowhere. Oh, He's, gosh. Undertaker was kind of playing possum there on the ground, and he ropes CM Punk in to that Hell's Gate finisher. Uh, what a great addition to Undertaker's arsenal here as he got older uh, yeah. to be able to use that submission and, and get so much drama out of that. But Punk reverses into a pinfall. And, and go for the Anaconda I Vice. Like a lot of people, that was it. He put on the Hell's Gate. That was a match. Oh yeah, so many times. And I like Kevin with Triple out. H just dies in that. In that, you know, he just he just dies. Yep. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite, probably my favorite uh, Undertaker WrestleMania match is is, uh, is twenty seven against Triple H, uh, and and he pulls that out because he's desperate at that yeah. moment. Otherwise, Triple H has him. So good. Great shot there, oh, too. I love this shot. Oh, yeah. Shot. That's it. Face to face. That's it. Anaconda Vice is still on, but Taker's getting up. He's powering out. Fans are on their feet. That is a great spot. Amazing. And the cameraman was there for it. He was zoomed in at the right time. Goozle. 
it's right there with the uh, the shot of uh, Undertaker after he, after HBK kicks out of the Tombstone, where Taker's like totally exhausted. Like yep. that's one in one A right there. Go, oh, to, go sleep. to sleep, Taker off the ropes. Oh, instant Tombstone. Oh, love that. Ah, oh, so good. Classic like, cover. Oh, Punk gets to Amazing. kick out of the Tombstone. So good. Great near fall. Love that he came out there. Yeah. I remember being like, this is it. He's got him. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. There's there's a percentage of the audience there is that, that's saying, okay, this could be it. This could be this it. And, and at this stage of my my life, I am in full, like, let's break the streak mode. So every yeah. time, for years, Fine. if someone kicked out of something, I was like, let's do it. End the streak. Let's go. See, I, I think once he hit 20 and 0, I yeah. kind of thought, well, if he's not going to retire at 20 and 0, which I, I, I really thought he was, they said end of an era. I naively thought, okay, that's probably it. Then he comes Fine. back for this match. I'm thinking, well, at this point, he's never going to lose it. And they're yeah. not going to let him go off on a weird random number like 21 and one. <laughs> he's just going right. to, he's just going to keep adding to the streak forever. So I, in my heart of hearts, I knew at this point, nah, he's not losing the puck. And, you know, next year I thought, nah, he's not losing to Lesnar. Uh, you know, of course I was wrong about 25 that. 25 and two. 25 and two now. Five and two? That's how, that's how it ended. I, oh, I, I how Punk would always say, I'll be the one in 20 and one. And he, that was his thing. And it kind of, it had a nice ring to it. It so did. I was like, I can see it, you know? I, I love this where the two of them are like throwing haymakers at each other. You see the Brooklyn Bridge behind them. Just mm-hmm. like so cool. So cool. Oh, and you see that oh. fear in Punk's eyes, like for the first time. Like he's been so cocky, bombed. so confident. And oh. finally Taker goozles him there. And you actually see for a split second, like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, it's something we talked about on the show previously, like going back to that moment where Taker sits up out of the vice and they have that moment where they lock eyes. Undertaker did we go. such an amazing job of having those memes and moments. Like before we knew what a meme was, every match oh. would have a moment like that. There we go. Earn right. to the head. Oh, that was perfect. In the corner, Punk is up on him. Taker's getting him up for the last ride. Heyman hands him the urn. He hits him in the back of the head with it. Now Punk is going to cross his arms over his chest. Look at everybody standing. Out. Everybody standing. Yeah, yeah everyone, I remember everyone oh. living standing. They had everybody. Near fall, very reminiscent of uh, Mania 17 when Taker, so, when Triple H did that with the sledgehammer. Same spot. Yeah. Yep. And there's Paul down there. <laughs> Paul is fantastic as well. <laughs> but yeah, that, I remember that. That was the that was the moment where you got one every Taker Mania match where everyone gets up off the couch, everyone's doing the one two, and then it's oh, like he kicks out at the last second. It's just a master of it. Yeah. Oh. I'd say that. Oh, here we go. That that one's probably number two only to the end of the era. Yeah. Super kick and I agree. It's right up there. It's Take punk with the throat eight. slash. Yeah. <laughs> go to sleep. Got him up for the sleep. Elbows out. Gonna get him in a oh quick. Oh. So reversing everything. Reverse Slippery CM Punk gets out of that. Yeah. Wow. No. Baker's gonna flip him around, pick him up for a tombstone. Wow. Find the hard cam. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh, let the release tombstone. 
one. Yeah, I got a little extra two, pep in that one. Three. Oh, oh yeah. What an ending. The eyes go back, the tongue's out like that. You know that's the end right there. Done. Yep. Incredible match. What even better even better than I remember it. So good. Everybody's clapping, everybody's standing. Tons of respect. A lot of twenty one and oh signs in the crowd. You love to see it. Everybody came prepared for that. Oh yeah. So and I good. Tell you guys that uh, the next year there were many, many, many twenty-two and zero. Like no one thought Lesnar was the one who was oh, gonna right, <laughs> who was gonna beat him. Like I said, it was just an afterthought. Of course, Taker's gonna win. Right. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think I think my, my whole experience going there, coming back home, and then being like, you don't want when, when you miss a show like that, you don't want it to be good because you don't want there it to go. be like you know you 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 miss something that was so great. So I remember after this match being like, wow, that would have been that that match would have been the one you, you'd want to be there for. Yeah. I don't think I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it much more now even than I than I did then. I think this match is uh this match I think gets overlooked because it comes after the great uh as you called it, was it a quadrigy? Is that what Qu- you guys quadrigy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With of the, the four um of the Sean four and Baker matches. The DX Sean and, uh, and yeah, the, the Sean and Hunter matches. Yeah, but it, it's a great one there, and and you're right. What a moment there when he hits him with the air, and everybody stands up like, "This is it. We're gonna witness history." And then it's like, "No." And how do you like? How do you follow him? Like, that has to be like, Hunter's had so many where he's had to be like, ah, throughout his history, <laughs> having to follow such great matches where he knows he's got no chance to top it. He's had some no. bad luck with that. No question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of the time it's after Undertaker. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Taker's going to have the urn here. Got the replays. Look at that standing ovation. I mean, the crowd is just hashtag pork. I don't know what that's about, but I like it. He's crying. He's got tears in his eyes. Yeah. Paul Bear. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that really and is. He was tearing up, dude. Like it's, and, and I think what's so is like because he was so protective of the character. It's like you ne- you didn't see him doing this stuff ever. So this was like, oh wow, he really has a human being under all that, you know? Yeah. Incredible pyro. Incredible pyro. He's doing the Shakespeare pose next to the urn again in memory of Paul Bearer. It's just beautiful, man. They even pulled just out the, uh, they even pulled out the fireworks over the uh, over the Manhattan <clears throat> New Jersey skyline there and uh, got uh, everything. <laughs> Shows you how close these guys were to that, what yeah. a special relationship they had that he's, you know, wants to pay this tribute to him and, and uh, makes it such a priority, such a focal point of this as well. You could have easily, you could have easily, cl- I mean, you, you weren't going to do it because Rock and Cena, but you could have closed with this. This would have been a great way to end the show. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yep. No one would have been upset about that. There's an hour and 25 minutes of Mania left and there's two matches. Just. Let that sink in. Unbelievable. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy right there, 21-0, another great shot. That sign holding up right before Taker, right right behind Taker as he walks away. Love it. Great it match. It took a minute to be like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he appreciated it. It's so good. He's getting the smoke as he walks out, too. On the, yeah. Play. That's a nice little touch. Really, really good stuff. So both yeah, guys, Punk nice. and Undertaker, I think silence a lot of doubters, silence a lot of haters with that match. I, I, I don't think 
a lot of people really expected this match to be as good as it was. I, I think we, I think people thought, yeah, they could probably have a decent match. You know, they're both, you know, great to two of the greats. You know, they'll pull off something decent enough. They're not going to stink up the joint, but I don't know if anyone said, yeah, takers age at this point, these guys are going to steal the show in the way that they did. That's what uh, was so unexpected and so awesome about it. Well, yeah, because Punk been stealing nights with, uh, you know, with with Cena, with Daniel Bryan, you know, yeah. with, with Cena, with Daniel Bryan, <laughs> with, with I mean, some good matches with Rock, honestly, fun, entertaining yeah. stuff. So yeah, he's like, you know, an, an aged Undertaker, and then you know, but again, Cena was, I mean, Punk was firing on all cylinders, so you couldn't, you weren't, you weren't gonna stop him. He definitely, that was his last Mania match. So yeah. Wow. What a way right. to go out. You know? yep. he, he, you know, it's been 10 years and he hasn't had a Mania match since. So uh, pretty incredible way to go out. Go out high with the Undertaker match. You know? well, I'm sure that Tom, he, he won't think of it that way, but maybe now he will. I mean, he's older age and he has a chance to look back at stuff. Who knows? It's interesting. We had mentioned earlier how Undertaker at this stage is in his career where he's doing one match pretty much a year. I think he did it 26 through this match here. This one is so good. I really think it made Taker go, I can do more than this. Because for the next few years now, he starts doing the next night. Uh, he start, I think it's the next night. I was there. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. I, I, somebody's going to join a blank. He does some stuff with the Shield, um, where he gets involved with them. And then he does some stuff a little later in the year, going into the stuff with, uh, with uh, Brock Lesnar uh, in 2014. Uh, has a couple matches that year. So it is. It's interesting that uh, he starts picking it up again. 2015, I think he has like three or four matches. Right. Yeah. No, I think it totally reinvigorated him. Gave him mm -hmm. a lot more confidence to be able to go out there. And uh, yeah, uh, it extended his career. I agree with that. Yeah, no doubt. Really great. Good, good to look back on that one. Absolutely. I think it holds up. I think it still belongs in our uh, top tens, Travis, oh, as, as far as his uh, all time. Um, we'd love to hear love from you, match. our creatures of the night. We'd love to hear your opinions on it. Did you watch it along? Does it hold up? Where does it land for you here on its 10 year anniversary? Uh, of course, you know where to hit us up. We're at Talking Taker on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and then, we're, of course, we're on all the podcasting services and on YouTube. Uh, we hope you subscribe. We hope you follow us. We hope you leave a comment, leave a message. Let us know your thoughts on this match here 10 years after the fact. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry brain fart there. Uh, <laughs> 10 years after the fact, let us know. Tony Rhodes, uh, so what do you want to talk about? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, of course, um, Travis. You, everybody can follow you at Travis White Music, and uh, you've been posting a little bit of new music here lately. You posted uh, some new new songs on your YouTube. Yeah, I'm channel. not going to the studio or anything. But I'm just doing stuff at home, just writing and recording. I actually got a new one in my head right now, so so follow, uh, we'll see. Follow you there, yeah. uh, and uh, Tommy. Let everybody know where they can follow you. Uh, of course, we love having you here. Uh, like I said, our third time. We try to get you in here uh, once a year and have you join us for an episode. But uh, you're doing a lot more stuff over on YouTube. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We uh, you know it, we we have I'd say we we've been putting out these long forms. Me and my buddy Steve, we did one uh, about the summer of 2007, uh, going into doing a look back at SummerSlam 2007. But obviously, everything that happened with the with the Chris Benoit stuff, Vince McMahon's limo blowing up, 
and really what it was like to be a fan during that period of time. Uh, Alex also joined Hard. the uh, top 10 greatest Royal Rumbles of all time. thought so that was a lot of fun. Great to show. Yeah, I really enjoyed off that. Each other there. Uh, and then I've been doing the vlogs as well. Uh, I have, uh, we did our first one this year at uh, Raw 30, which I mentioned earlier. Then we did the uh, Raw from Brooklyn as well. And uh, my next one will be, uh, when you guys are listening to this, probably uh, in a day or two, we'll start the unraveling of my WrestleMania vlogs. My entire week, I was, uh, when I go to WrestleMania, I put up the whole week of vlogs. Uh, and we also had some lookbacks. Alex is uh, joining me to look back at his journey through WrestleMania 34. Um, my friends and I, we also got together and talked about this very show, WrestleMania 29, and all the fun that came with it. Because the next night is a great show as well. With Dolph. Great show. Yeah. yeah. His bank and the birth of the Fandangoing the Fandangoing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, lots of fun, lots of hype. And, uh, you know, I always have a great time over there. Honestly, I do a lot of that. Whatever interests me is normally what I create content with of my YouTube channel. Because uh, you've got to have fun with it. But... Happy to talk with all of you. If you do want to check that out, it's Watch Along Wrestling. And you can find me on Twitter at Watch Along Time. Absolutely. We encourage everybody to check that out and to give you a subscription, give you a thumbs up, like them all, check them all out there. I uh, appreciate you joining us here. Uh, Travis and I, we also did a little guest spot. We did a little run-in on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast on their 316-day special episode what? a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Uh, they covered how about this they covered a episode of WWF Livewire from 1996 where Stone Cold was running crazy on their very fun episode and uh, there's a big chunk of that Livewire episode devoted to the Buried Alive match between Undertaker and Mankind so uh, they tagged us in to cover that section of Livewire so check out our buddies at the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast if you know a little more Talking Taker fixing your life. A little bonus episode of Talking Taker jammed into that episode of the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Uh, Happy birthday to your daughter on the day this comes out. This is, that's right, April that's 1st. Right. Uh, yeah. April Fool's. Uh, my daughter will turn one the day this comes out. So happy birthday to her. Um, Any day? Turn 21 tomorrow on April 2nd, which will be great. Who will? My wife. She's not really 20. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's her birthday tomorrow. She oh, gets her birthday at WrestleMania every year. So what else can you ask for? That's the dream right there. You could ask for anything more. <laughs> uh, shout out another podcast friend of ours, Collecting Dead Man, uh, at Collect Up Dead on Twitter. Steven Zeman is his name. Uh, he sent me a couple uh, more Undertaker figs to add to my collection and some uh, special gifts there. So thank you, Steven, for that. Uh, great friend and a great show as well. Uh, shout out to another listener who has been uh, a newer fan. Uh, his name is Ian Milligan. And uh, I believe he came to us through the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Uh, he has been uh, messaging us on Facebook, telling us he's been uh, checking out some of the shows. He's been diving through 2001 in some of the episodes he picked to go through, nice. which is a Space wild time in Van Taker's yeah. career. <laughs> some fun, wow. fun stuff there. Uh, but he's been enjoying it. And uh, we, we love hearing that. We love hearing that from everybody yeah. out there. 
you know, don't forget our our whole archives. You can listen to the entire career of The Undertaker totally free. Uh, the archives are up there everywhere you listen. You can go from match one at Survivor Series 1990 all the way to the Boneyard match, uh, everything in between. It's WrestleMania season. Go back and listen to the whole streak. Check it out. Um, we, we love to hear from you. They're fun to revisit. If you haven't heard them in a long time or if you've never heard them, go check out the archives. And uh, like I said, check out the YouTube channel. You never know when we might have some exclusive stuff on the YouTube channel. And uh, next month, May 1st, we'll be back with a bonus episode. And uh, not a bonus episode, our monthly episode, that is. Uh, Travis, I got an idea. I'm going to throw it out here to you live on the air. A uh, couple things we didn't cover, but it's the 25-year anniversary of them. So going back to 1998, uh, Undertaker had a match on a show called Mayhem in Manchester in 1998. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not on Peacock, uh, but uh, we have other methods of finding that match of mm. him and Kane. So I thought we could cover that. And then uh, maybe combine that with Over the Edge 98 the main event, Stone Cold and Dude Love, because The Undertaker is the special enforcer on the outside of the ring for that match. And uh, that is one of my favorite matches of all mm-hmm. time. So uh, I thought maybe we could discuss that as well for our May episode. Sounds, It'll be 25th anniversary of that. All right. May 1st. Check that out on your podcast feed. And uh, last but not least, April is your birthday month, Travis. So uh, I sent you it a little is. birthday gift. You got a box there to there unbox. And uh, so actually, Travis, this gift, I, I, I meant to give it to you back in 1999. Uh, oh, I, yeah? I had all these presents to give you back in 1999, and oh, I just forgot about it. So I, I unearthed it here in the basement. And I was like, yeah, well, let me let me just go ahead and send it to him. So uh, it's all right. 24 years late getting to you. Well, let me open it now? Yeah, of course. All right, here we go. Taking the box out. Holy crap, dude. This. All right, first of all, why do you know? Is this a door knocker? It's a door hanger, yeah. Do not disturb watching wrestling. Yeah, put it out there. Wow. Because I know your kids always want to disturb you while you're watching exactly. wrestling. Oh, big, sexy air freshener. Wolfpack style. Can you see wow. That? That's it blurring it up. Sorry. How's that there smell? Cigarettes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it doesn't. It, it probably won't smell like anything. That's amazing. I love that. I'm not going to open that thing. Oh, no. You got to put Dude. it in your car. Commemorative ticket. Goldberg. The original commemorative ticket. It's individually numbered. Goldberg defeats Hogan. I was there that exactly. night. Exactly. Wow. Right, can you see it? Can this? Is it showing it? Uh, Let me turn the blur of. off. If I can turn the blur off. I don't know how to turn the blur off. I don't know how to do that. But anyway, all right. We'll figure it out. We'll out. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here yeah, there, we go. there it is. There you go. Who's next? Look at that. From this number 134 of the collection. That's awesome. The ticket. Oh, at the Georgia Dome KFC presents. I was there that night. That's amazing, dude. Wow. That's awesome. Case opens for autographing. I know, cool. I know you're not a memorabilia guy, but I saw that and I was like, oh, but this stuff you were cool. there, man. You got to have that. Yeah. You got to have I that. I was there. I got a. Uh, 18 free meals for HelloFresh. Thank oh. you. <laughs> that a coupon for Harry's. Oh, wait, we can't do it in the men's case. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> and then a freaky flying disc. <laughs> a freaky. <laughs> Holy crap. 
Flies great. It hangs on the wall. Collect them all. We got Sting, Goldberg, Hollywood Hogan, or Kevin Nash. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, thankfully, you got me the Sting. What a creepy thing. Did you get this at that store in, uh, down in Greenville? I got it at a vintage store in uh, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Amazing. Called Crow Mag Toys. But, uh, yeah, you oh, can, I love it. You can toss that Frisbee around with your kids or with the dog. I will. <laughs> right now seriously my boys are loving frisbee so we'll t- take that thing out toss it around in the park dude this is amazing thank you so much i did not see any of that coming so, <laughs> i don't think incredible. it's possible to see any of that coming <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's there was, amazing there was one you did on the channel where you and I, I did not see it coming out you had opened up like somebody got you like maybe it was travis maybe it was but like a, a, a chair from the whole yeah. thing yeah i'm sitting in it right now yeah that's like you guys got some cool stuff. I'll give you credit. That's awesome. I got to get <laughs> this big blank wall behind me at some point. Cool. It's time. It's time to start decorating the, the, the background. <laughs> I, opened, I opened that Kevin Nash uh, keychain you got. Remember that one? And yeah. The yeah. batteries inside of it. I got to find the battery. The batteries inside obviously don't work. It's from 99 or 98. But uh, I, I have little tiny batteries for my guitar, but I, I don't have one that small. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get some, some small batteries on Amazon, and then we'll see if it works. So it's like a keychain that makes noise and stuff. So, yeah. But I'm a good Kevin Nash stuff. Sting. <laughs> oh, man. Goldberg. This is awesome, dude. I'm dosing up right now. Hey, I love man. it. Thank you so much. Your car is going to smell like Kevin Nash. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. And it works yeah. well with the Undertaker tie-in because I think this month, I think it was this month, they had a great moment on Twitter where uh, I think somebody said, I wonder what Stone Cold thinks of this uh, AW wrestler. Yeah. And Kevin Ash chimed in and said, well, I know he ain't watching the show. <laughs> Taker wrote huge pop. Huge pop. That was so cool. Way to go off the air then with that right there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Huge pop. Thank Huge. you, man. I appreciate it, brother. You're welcome, man. Happy birthday. Uh, sorry it took me 24 years to get that stuff to you. It's all good. It's <laughs> worth the wait. Trust me. <laughs> Well, a uh, huge pop to Tommy for uh, joining us on the show here tonight. Uh, so glad to have you along. We'll do it again sometime. And uh, thanks again to next year. The, uh, next year is the uh, 10 year anniversary of uh, another big Undertaker match. So maybe think... we'll connect. It might be penciled in on the calendar right there. I think, I think it might have to be. So uh, thanks again, Travis. Why don't you wrap us up? Oh, yeah. Thank you guys. If you were there this night at. Uh or New York, whatever you want to say. If you were there, let us know, because Tommy wasn't there. But uh, let us know if you were there, what your thoughts were to the match. Did you care that it went heavy and long, and you didn't get to the Funkadactyls? Uh, no, nah, you didn't. I, I know you didn't. So anyway, uh, all right, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Happy uh, WrestleMania Day. Happy birthday to Joan. And uh, happy April Fool's Day, or Lurpus Luke, if you know what I'm talking about. It's a throwback there from WCW Calendar. Uh, anyway, stay safe out there, and more importantly, Easy. Who's the finest woman wrestling team? My wife. She wrestled? Yeah. Where at? She wrestled for WWE. Yeah, what's yeah. her name? Michelle McCool. Okay, cool. Yeah. What about, um, so no. I did that? Yeah, like a right there. There was zero hesitation <laughs> in the answer. Zero hesitation? Answer. Whoa. And all the yeah, bad. <laughs> no.